Welcome, bienvenue, to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is a show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing to help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. team to root for in the world cup i'm just gonna go by my normal standards of um root for france until they get eliminated then root for germany but yikes you know, germany is a backup <laughs> a little hard this year so are you are you feeling okay about france like do you do you know anything are you or is this just like a passive interest here no man i always root for france uh-huh. that's the uh that's my international team of choice okay. every single every world cup it's always it's always France until they get eliminated. That's Germany, and when France loses in the <laughs> the final, it gets a little bit hard. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, you've had you've had actually a good run recently. I mean, between Griezmann and Pogba, I really and Giroud. I mean, bandaged, <laughs> looking like he's yeah, that is like in some sort of. It looks like a twenty, uh, like a nineteen twenties bandage, like like he just got pulled out of a, I don't know, pulled out of a trench in World War One or something I, crazy. Are you uh, are you? Do you have a website of choice that you're looking at analyses from? I you know what I haven't really, I haven't really um, been checking out the analysis. I think I uh, you know I I'm I have to admit I I know so little that. That even the five thirty eight analyses don't really mean anything to me. Other oh, than too much. Other than they have they have in game uh, win probabilities. Have you seen this? But yep. in game win probabilities in soccer are insane because a single goal means like a fifty percent so switch. Much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean small small statistics, small sample statistics, right? All right. Well, we are a baseball podcast, so let's so run they say a couple of. Let's go through a couple of baseball topics. Um, how do you like this kid in uh, in single A for your team, uh, Miguel Sano? Something I think pronounced. Something is up. Something is up. The team knows something. Something that is not public knowledge yet, right? It has to be that. Yeah i i was I was hoping that it was going to be like a nice little quick quick trip there and then they'd send them at least to i don't know rochester i know i know uh man um and then you've got a long list of guys here and i am looking at this and playing the game of like what do all these guys have in common but i'm gonna have to ask you so i will highlight one guy yep as being one of these men is not like the others one of these men just doesn't belong so i this is a list dylan covey i believe it's pronounced mm-hmm. Daniel Mangden, Mike Montgomery, Jonathan Loisiga. Good one. Yeah, sure. Thanks. Seth Lugo, a lot easier. Tyler Anderson, Yelise Chassin, and Domingo German. So these players all showed up in the most added, in the like, in the top ten most added. I assume that Daniel Mangden <laughs> is going the other way. 
and Daniel Mangdon is going the other direction. He showed up in the most dropped. So just, that's why I was confused. You know, quick, yeah. quick starting pitching question here: Who who would you want in this group? Of this group, um, Domingo yeah. German is interesting. Very interesting on a matchup basis. I think he's. I think okay. he's probably got yeah. the best raw talent of this group. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I. I, I would say that I currently trust would trust him for fifty percent of his starts. <laughs> and the, the other guys, you know, the other guys I trust for a third. I think a third they'll be great and two thirds they'll be meh to total blow up. Yeah. Let's get into some more MLB. This week on the pod, we're gonna talk about selling high. Last week I put together a selling high flowchart that I ran by Eric. I'm curious to see what his thoughts are trying to decide how you should sell high on guys. So we'll talk about that for the first half. And then the second half, we're going to offer some sell highs on the batting and pitching side and critique each other's lists. So here we go. Eric, I built this flow chart. And this was a, uh, a late Friday night project. Don't read into that too much. Uh, and, then I, and then I made it just arbitrarily more complex on Saturday, I think. Uh, what do you think? Do you like the idea of a flow chart to try and determine whether guys sell high? Do you want to go through it? I do. Yeah. Why don't I go through it for you? Yeah. Um, so what we've got here is the should I sell high on X player? So you've got to start here. Is the player doing well? Yes. No. All of these are, well, most of these are really binary decisions. Is the player doing well? No. Not a sell high. <laughs> yeah. Which is, the, which is one of three uh, of the ultimate decisions that this flowchart gets to. So let's say yes, yes. Is it better than you thought at the beginning of the season? Is the performance better than you thought at the beginning of the season? No. Did you reach uh, versus ADP? That goes to no, not a sell high. Or it goes to, yeah, but has anyone else in the league sniffed around for them? And then you've got uh, just one. If, if you've got no, <laughs> that's not a sell high. If you've got just one, um, is the team around them likely to get better? Then you've got no, not a sell high. Yes, is the team, uh, then hold for now. So let's go back over to that. Um, is it better than you thought at the beginning of the season? If yes. Is it better than you expected they would be doing last month? So this is some of your temporal aspect. So if it's no, then it goes back to the has anyone sniffed around question, um, which can have the a couple of teams option, which then goes to can you get a last year top 40 for them? No. Then it goes back to is the team around them likely to get better? Or yes, sell high now. <laughs> <laughs> is it better than you expected they would be doing last month yes did you check luck based metrics BABIP XFIP etc um, yes higher lower than expected sell high uh, otherwise they're legit um, can you get a last year top 40 for them sell high or no so I really tried to fold in a bunch of things I mean I, I tried to fold in a few like gut checks like when i put the did you reach versus adp i tried mm -hmm. to ask are you just thinking that this player is is you know really great and nobody else in the league has ever considered him 
Um, I've personally right. been in that boat. I think we've all personally been in that boat at least once with a guy that we just totally fell in love with. And we're like, Julio why is Tehran. anybody trying? Why? <laughs> yeah. Why is anybody trying to buy this guy right now? I don't understand. He's doing so well. And like, uh, <laughs> well. He's kind of right at his ADP, so no one gives a he, he really yeah exactly. Guy. And so I tried to I tried to fold in. You know, has anyone else in the league sniffed around for them? Yep. And is it is it just one team? Because I I don't. This is a Vox Populi question. Basically, if if you don't think you can start a bidding war, then you don't have any. You really don't have any power on a sell high type guy. Well, and the sell highs can be really difficult because. You can have a guy who there's a whole lot of interest in it, but that's because everybody still has in their head last year's value point, and they're like, ooh, I can raise that a tiny bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. An interesting case study is actually Jose Ramirez. If you run him through this, okay, he's doing well. It's slightly better maybe than we thought at the beginning of the season, I would say. Yep. And then I would say, is it better than you thought he'd be doing last month? And I, There, I would probably say no. And then I would say everybody is, you've, if you're the owner, people have probably sniffed around for him. So you'd yep. say, okay, a couple teams. Can you get a last year top 40 for him? This is where things got dicey because we spent a bunch of time this week debating what can you actually get for Jose Ramirez? Right. I mean, I, he's a, I mean, he's a hold player because you're not going to get, you need to get a top 10 player yeah. in a trade of Jose Ramirez right now. And I think it's doubtful that many people in in leagues are going to separate themselves with a top ten player for him. It, I mean, it's 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 always hard to lose a top ten player, and in part that's actually why you know you you made a little bit of fun of me for having this block say sell high now, but I think you basically have to always be going through this flowchart with every player in your head because the the period that you can really sell high is so ephemeral. Mm-hmm. It's, oh yeah, it's so short. As you as you noted, there are many ways to get to the not a sell high box. Yep, not <laughs> a sell high goes <laughs> does collect a lot of players. There are a lot of ways to get there. I mean, and realistically, I mean, what do you think? Maybe two percent of guys over the course of a season qualify as a sell high at any point. Uh, no, I would say it's more than that. I mean, one of the things that you have here um, that I think we were talking about during the week is this. A top 40 player thing hmm, i mean yeah. you could sell high on there are a lot of players that you could sell high on that are outside of the top 200 players <laughs> we could say sure. right sure uh, like like parker before he um before he had <laughs> a blow up <laughs> all right so at, at the very beginning of the season i think it was podcast I don't remember which podcast, but I did some clustering analysis on just saying what type of players um, are the fantasy industry projecting players pre-draft as they, they will be. Just to say archetypes of the players. These are the um, you know these are the top fifty, top forty players. These are the really awesome guys. This is batters, mind you. Call them star destroyers. They use Star Wars. Th- theme names star destroyers tie interceptors for the speedy guys and then there are a couple of levels of rosterable guys um who are differing bring differing things to the table but take some things off the table 
And then one final group of what I call the mouse droids, the guys that <laughs> are always out there you don't really want to have on your team. Well, so what I did in preparation for this on for the batters was I looked at those those clusters preseason. I did the same exercise with the current stats of the top 300 hitters. Hmm. And then oh. I said, what cluster are you in right now based on the model that was from the um, preseason prediction, what cluster are you in now? Who moved from one of the useful clusters into the superstar cluster? The, well, the star destroy cluster, as I call it. I like it. that. I and like just this. just took a look at those, those players. I like this metric. That's a really good way to do it. I, um, I looked at, my evaluation looked at the player raider guys and looked at who had extreme outliers in their individual disaggregated values. Yep. All right, so should, should we get to it? Should we talk about the guys? Yeah, let's talk about the guys. Eric and I decided to offload the pitching discussion to next week, so we'll do pitching discussion on buy low and sell high. We think you'll be plenty upset with the things that we talked about in the second half. Here's an outtake. Man, we are we're gonna get a lot of flack for this pot, aren't we? <laughs> oh my god, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is this is not gonna be received well. Alright. So for my guys, I picked a range, and I admit that some of these might seem crazy off the top in the sense that they're probably impacting your fantasy team for the extreme positive if you own them right now. But if you can get the right price, I would move them. I mean, that was sort of my point in the first half. All right, my five batters. If you own these five guys, I would strongly encourage you to think about selling them. And it pains me to say a couple of these. Scooter Jeanette, Mitch Hanniger, my owned own Nick Markakis, my always forever love Gene Segura, <laughs> and my, my twin, man, Eddie Rosario. <laughs> And I like you chimed in with these on the cluster analysis, and you showed that, yeah, they're all sell highs. Get rid of all those guys now. So these are all, um, I, and I have this up. Where do I have this up? So cluster zero um, is the start of story cluster, as I'm calling it. Those are the players that are <laughs> essentially, I, they're the 30-10 guys who have high batting averages, who are... Um, contributing in runs and RBIs. The two groups that I, I call the like the contributors of role players are the TIE Bombers, Cluster 3, and the TIE Fighters, Cluster 4. These are guys that differing levels of um, batting average to home runs to stolen bases. But basically, they're a clear level down from those star destroyer players. They're like 70% of them. And then there's another group, the tie interceptors, that's number two, which are also super valuable players. But those are all guys who have high runs, lower RBIs, somewhere around, uh, somewhere below 12 home runs and up to 40 stolen bases. So that's really interesting because cause the guy that you, that you slotted into that one, which is ostensibly the second most valuable of the, the possible possibilities here, is Gene Segura, who is somebody that I put a question mark next to. So, right. So, uh, what I have here is the preseason cluster uh, for all uh -huh. these players and to the 
what the current cluster is. So Gene Segura right now is in cluster zero. All of these players are in cluster zero right now. But Gene Segura started the year as a tie interceptor, as someone who was forecasted to um, steal a lot of uh, bases and um, have slightly fewer home runs. So I don't think that he's quite a sell-high player because I think he's just he's getting more home runs than he should, quite frankly. He's um, mm. he's outperforming his preseason projections, but not ridiculously so. I think that he's he's a player that you hold. He's a player in the hmm. Jose Ramirez camp of someone who there's there's a potential that I mean, what who's the top ten player that you think that you can get for him? I think that if you have, I maybe maybe it's too late, but like you know. If you if you're in a single season league and somebody's really okay. upset with how Paul Goldschmidt was doing right. like a couple of weeks ago, and they really needed stolen bases, all my only point with putting him on here is that he's clearly performing above his head. If you can get the guy for the right price, you mm-hmm. should do it. You should immediately pull the trigger on that. And if you if you have to throw Gene Segura and and Eddie Rosario, frankly, if you put Gene Segura and Eddie Rosario together for a top ten, I would do that. Every day of the week, would you flip Gene Segura for Jose Ramirez? Okay, this is the this is like where I have to go through the part of the did you reach versus ADP flowchart. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, okay, no, um, you know, in my heart of hearts, I know that Jose Ramirez is more valuable than Gene Segura, but in like all the rest of me, I'm like, no, no, it's easily Gene Segura all day. But here's a guy who probably was ahead of him, and is at like about where he, he was supposed to be. George Springer. Would you trade Gene Segura for George? Do you think that you could get George Springer for Gene Segura? Oh, I think you could get George Springer for Gene Segura. And then do you think that George Springer would outperform Gene Segura for the rest of the season? For the rest of this season, no. I mean, do you think you could get Nolan Arenado for no. Gene Segura? No, 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 no. You probably can't do that. No. So this is this is Charlie Blackman. Do you think you could get Charlie Blackman for Gene Segura? Depends on how much the owner of Charlie Blackman thinks that he might get hurt. See, I just don't see him as a good sell high because I don't think that you're going to be able to get, you're not going to get a top five player, Trout, Betts, no, no. Altuve. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, you're not going to get him for it. Machado. Maybe Arenado. Machado, but maybe Machado. I mean, Machado is an interesting guy because he almost, he's, Machado I think we're going to talk about next week. In yeah. the, when we talk about buy lows, yeah. and so I'll so I'm going to punt that conversation. But I, I think you, I mean, there are leagues where people would flip Gene Segura for Manny Machado. I mean, leagues where you, for whatever reason, thought Manny Machado was still going to steal bases. But the thing is, is I, I don't know that. I think that Gene Segura, the kind of players that you can move him for, are going to be at his value for the rest of the season, unless you're expecting him to get hurt. If you're trying to trade away so that you don't get that um, 15-day DL stint, that's probably a smart move as well. But I just, I don't know that many of the players that you can trade him for are really going to outproduce him for the rest of the season. All right. Well, they're, they're playing it much more intelligently this year, so I wouldn't bank on injuries. Yeah. But I think the other guys, you clearly agree. And so, okay, we'll... other guys, I completely agree with this. Scooter Jeanette, if you can sell him for a top 20 guy. Man, Do if you it. can sell him for top 20 guy, I don't know what kind of league you're in, but I also want in. Mitch Hanniger, if you can 
Mitch Haniger, Eddie Rosario. I mean, these are guys that I would say with those four, and then Nick Markakis, of course. If you can sell, <laughs> if you can of sell course. these for uh, top twenty guys, I mean, I'd do it. And it's the oh, kind of sure. thing where if if the two players end up having the same value at the end of the season, you still made the right move. Yeah, totally. Totally. Just get that certainty. Here are the batters. Trevor Story, Javier Baez, Didi Gregorius, Matt Kemp, Eugenio Suarez, Eduardo Escobar, another twin, Nomar Mazzara, and Jesus Aguilar. Who do you disagree with? Um, no, I, I actually don't disagree with anyone on this list, but you clearly went for the, like, who do you think you can get a top 24? Because all these guys have clear value for the rest of the season in the yeah. sense that it's like you said, maybe the guys that you trade these guys for, maybe they realize equal value to the end of the season. And I can see that outcome happening more clearly with each one of these guys. Like in the sense mm-hmm. that, I'm not sure that a top 20 guy outperforms Trevor Story the rest of the year. I'm not sh- I'm not sure. I mean, frankly, I'm not sure that Nolan Arenado outperforms D.D. Gregorius for the rest of the season. But given that opportunity, would I make that trade? Like, absolutely. Yeah, if you're trading around pieces, if you're like, hey, if you could get, like, Freddie Freeman for Trevor Story. Oh, would you do, do that? It. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean... It- the only guy on this list that, that stands out to me from that perspective is that I think that you would move Eduardo Escobar even sooner. Oh, you would you trade him for less. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I mean I thought of this as like, yes, there are like three tiers here. Trevor Story, Javier Baez, Didi Gregorius. If you could get a top twenty five player for those guys, I mean, you'd probably do it. Um, Matt Kemp, Eugenio Suarez, Eduardo Escobar. Like, geez. I mean, I guess, yeah, I guess Escobar, Mazzara, and Aguilar, if you could get just top 50 players for those guys. Mazzara is interesting. I mean, Mazzara. I love Mazzara. I do too. I think he's really in a purgatory of like, he either could be a buy low or a sell high guy. And I'm not, I'm frankly not sure which one he is yet. Right. And that's what I'm saying. This is where I'm saying, like, this is where you trade risk for certainty. This is where you have, if you have a box full of scratch cards (laughs) and you can say, this guy has a hundred dollar bill. I've got a box of scratch cards. Well, Maybe I just want the hundred bu- bucks. Could this be thirty thousand dollars in here? <laughs> yeah, it could also be three. <laughs> yeah, this is this is like the ultimate. Let's make a deal, like literally. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I don't disagree with any of those guys. I I mean, you clear like your own clustering analysis puts everybody but Gregorius into three at the beginning of the season, and obviously zero now. Um, and so that's that's mainly where I'm deriving the. I think they they all have real value. They all have real value. Yeah. All right. Are you about ready to wrap this sucker up? Let's talk Westworld and only briefly because I personally I personally felt like this is a total setup for next week. 
Right, but it was a compelling ride that we were put on. Oh, a very compelling, a very compelling ride. Um, lots of ups and downs. Definitely some unexpected stuff. Um, I don't know. Still felt like a lot of maneuvering. I mean, if we we still have to get over that final hump to figure out why the Valley Beyond is flooded. Obviously, that has to happen. We now know why Teddy's floating in it. Yeah. Oh, poor Teddy. Yeah. That was, that that part felt pretty bad. I searched for the. Uh, this is a definite spoiler alert. Um, but I searched for the hashtag Westworld <laughs> on Twitter, and Dove had some great product placement on uh, on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> like number three thing was Dove Men Plus Care. This Father's Day, we celebrate the impact dads have on the world around them. Well, you know what, Dove? Maybe you should have made sure that you were not in that Twitter feed. I mean, look, William had a lot of effect on the world around him. Hear what dads had to say. Well, Emily heard it. <laughs> and she she was not having it. And and then she is not having it anymore. Man, that is... Um, the lady is not interested in this because it's so just downtrodden. But I am... You know, sometimes human beings just like a good cry, and you know, tragedy just brings me in. I just it's compelling, and that was awful. Made me like want to shut the TV off and not unwatch it. But no, seriously, that that I I totally agree. That was that was man. And on Father's Day too. Wow. What I think that about brings us to the review session. I'm gonna try that again. That about brings us to the review session. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Not Charlie. Yeah, let me reiterate how happy I am that it's not Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Ugh, saw some clips from that. Ugh. Um, <laughs> you, I, I like that we've settled into this thing where when you watch the movie, you, you just text me some line because I, I like knowing, like, what what thing you were thinking about at the exact moment and the one that i would have texted back to you is good day sir good day sir yeah (laughs) so good (laughs) that line is delivered so well yeah i mean it's supposed to be a joke in a way but it's Ah, gene wilder gene wilder so good in this movie presented so well yeah I mean, you you like you know obviously the municipality aspect of uh, of the chocolate factory. The which part of that? The municipality. I mean, they only fire up the the incinerator every other day. Oh, oh <laughs> right. So he's got a good sporting chance. <laughs> they don't make enough trash. Was, I mean, it's just that's just a fact. That was that was just so good. I hadn't, I don't think I'd ever like recognized that line before. Um, yeah, after. Uh, I always forget her name. What is it? Bianca? Bianca, yeah. Uh, when she goes down the, the chute. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like. I think the line that we've said to each other the most is, Augustus, save some for later. Yeah. Oh, that, <laughs> that one is so good. <laughs> save and, some room for later. And you just get that, you get that like so early in the narrative arc of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Also, I, I I did not remember this line when he's stuck in the tube and the pressure is building up behind him. 
The suspense is terrible. I hope it will last. <laughs> this like this might have this might be one of the most rewatchable ones. In some of the movies that we've that we've watched. In the sense yeah. that in the sense that I feel like I'd missed the most. Oh, yeah. Missed as in like it's been taken from me and I miss it so much. <laughs> no no, I I think I straight up missed lines of the past. Yeah. No. <laughs> I haven't watched this like front to back in a long time yeah like yeah, i yeah. it's a like a cable movie where it's like you're sure. flipping through the channels and you see it and you're like i'll watch a little bit like oh we're going down the tunnel of doom on a paddle boat sure i'll watch <laughs> that okay that's that's like the the least valuable scene right yeah oh no absolutely <laughs> that should have gotten cut that's like a like I don't know. Maybe they were trying to innovate their way through the seventies, but nineteen seventy-one had not had forgotten that this movie was, was that early. All right, all right. Enough fawning. What are we doing next week? Next week, I think. Um, I think it's time to visit the the only movie in a series, and that would be Terminator Two. <laughs> only movie. It's the only movie in the series. I don't know. It's like there's only how movie. there's only three Indiana Joneses. There's only one Terminator. It just happens to be labeled Terminator Two. So strange. T2. T2. I, I'm in. Good. I'm in. Let's do it. Time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, Mind the Z. All I've got left is, we're still like to you, buddy. Worst to like to you too. Yeah.